0: This is Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast, where we're talking about Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme of the Galaxy number two. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast, our comic book discussion podcast. And this time we're going to be talking about Doctor Strange, number two, Sorcerer Supreme of the Galaxy, part two, by Mark Wade and Jesus Sayes. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders and Sorcerers. I am
1: one of your other hosts, John. Maybe Supremes? <laughs> I don't know whether the Supremes follow us, John. Not too sure. No, I mean our fellow listeners and defenders, the Supremes. I like that. No, I do like it. It's very cool.
0: <laughs> yes, fellow defenders, we are back with our discussions on Doctor Strange. Uh, number two, continuing our comic book discussions in between our coverage of Luke Cage and Iron Fist, our TV coverage. So getting deep into this comic book now, and we, the first issue, as we talked about, was very much the setup of the changeover from the old position of Doctor Strange and where he is now out in space. This one seems to have a lot of story in it.
1: Yes, this is uh, certainly heavier on the story, and it's uh, a really uh, good tale as well uh, for our second official episode of our Strange Tales on Defenders TV
0: podcast. Absolutely, and this is going to be obviously a spoiler-filled discussion about this comic book. So if you haven't read it, go out and grab it. Make sure you read through it, and we'll uh, we'll discuss it then when you get back. Uh, this, in continuity terms, this is issue number three nine two of Doctor Strange. Just in case you're finding difficulty finding it, uh, but that should be the easiest way to find it.
1: Yes, and of course, please subscribe to Strange Tales over at our website on DefendersTVPodcast.com where you can pick from a smorgasbord of choice uh, with regards to your podcast catcher. There is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, as well as any other good or evil podcast catcher such as Podcast
0: Addict or Beyond Pod. <laughs> loads and loads of options. loads of them and you got to use your favorite word in there john smorgasbord again yes i did <laughs> speaking of words i was complaining last issue about the length of title for these episodes because the uh, obviously this is sorcerer supreme of the galaxy part 2 uh, quite a significant length of title and then obviously popped into my head um because of guardians of the galaxy being shortened down to gotg we can just call this ssotg yes we can Sorcerer Supreme of the Galaxy I'm sure that's what they were going for but smarter minds than us uh, are behind the scenes at Marvel so uh, it took us two issues (laughs) to get that one
1: absolutely Derek let's kick this off what are some of the episode details?
0: <laughs> well, as always, this issue was written by Mark Wade and the artwork is by Jesus says uh, The issue came out on the 20th of June. We were struggling last time when we were talking about the fact that there are four issues of this comic book out, trying to decide which issue is which month. Uh, that's kind of because the first two issues came out in June. So that's not our fault. We just were looking back and didn't see the dates. So, um, so this is the one that came out on June 20th. Um, John, do you want to tell us the synopsis that Mark Wade has provided at the beginning of the book this time? Sure.
1: Though the dragon lines were restored and magic on Earth was safe from external threats, Doctor Strange could only watch in horror as his connection to it vanished. Afraid his condition could be contagious to other sorcerers, Strange sought help from Tony Stark, a man of science with experience rebuilding himself from nothing. Stark's solution, a one-man spacecraft, a universal translator, and a carefully plotted course into the stars. If terrestrial power was unreachable, there must be magic somewhere in the infinite universe that Strange could grasp. But before he reached his destination, a comet stranded Strange on a planet with hostile residents who had no native word
0: for magic. So on to our discussion points for Doctor Strange Part 2 of this storyline. We're not going to do a recap of what happened previously. That's kind of what's in that synopsis that John so wonderfully read uh, for us. Yes, thank you, Mark Wade. But I do want to point out one thing that's mentioned there. We had discussed in the last issue or last uh, conversation that magic has disappeared from the entire universe, and that's why Strange is going on this journey into space. What we see here is actually it's disappeared from Strange, and he's concerned that it's going to be contagious to other magic users. That's different from what we read, isn't
1: it? Absolutely. I I think we we asked that question, didn't we, about whether... This was kind of almost a recapping of some of the elements from Jason Aaron's um, The Last Days of Magic, Mm -hmm. whether it was just recapping that, because obviously we'd gone seven years back, so to an extent it was showing the difference that resulted from that, but we didn't know whether it was kind of post the defeat of the empirical and um, whereby you know magic was no longer being destroyed by these creatures that were hell-bent on uh, destroying magic uh, and so that stopped and the fragments of magic throughout the different dimensions throughout this particular dimension or on earth in this universe. Uh, was really being focused around different amulets uh, and different objects of, of magic significance, right, right? And of course, really, what's being said here then is that that recovery has happened, that defeat of the empirical um, has allowed magic to, you know, begin to recover within the universe as we know it. Mm-hmm. However, Doctor Strange has some kind of affliction still where he is losing his kind of you know his signal to to magic yeah and um, and which was really nicely done just by the sort of the little puff of smoke from the eyes uh, in the first issue where he is going blind t- um to this uh, magic and to seeing magic that beyond the normal vision that other people have but also he's losing touch and the feeling and the sensation of magic in the universe but yeah it's not the universe losing magic it's
0: Doctor Strange's connection to that. Interesting. Definitely yeah. wanted to make the point that we missed out on that last issue. I didn't, uh, didn't recognize it in there. So that's definitely a change in there. Uh, I haven't read the Jason Aaron run, so intrigued to know what the empirical is. Hopefully I'll get the chance to read it over the course of these mm. strange tales on Defenders TV podcast. Uh, I am aware that Loki was the Sorcerer Supreme for a while. And I know that he put he magic was. back into the universe as well. So part of him was helping Doctor Strange after he took over the mantle for a short period of time. But with that, John, let's get on to our discussion for this issue with our incantations. Incantation number one. Yes,
1: Doctor Strange is a slave and test subject on this unfamiliar homeworld of Gorinda. You know, we only got a glimpse of um, this new world that Stephen Strange had crash-landed to in issue one. Uh, And certainly at the end of issue one... Doctor Strange was kind of thinking, you know, I come in peace, I come in love, you Uh know, uh, expecting that it wasn't a hostile race. But here, um, they absolutely have put him in prison. And what we see here is beyond that, I think at this stage he's saying he's about 70-odd days in captivity, is that they're also um, using him as a test subject. We see a lot of uh, panels here where he is being poked, prodded, Tested uh, and and they're really um, trying to figure out who this person is, but we have here a race that has no concept of magic. Yeah. They are technologically driven and focused, and so there's a lot of science stuff going on here by the grindons on Stephen Strange, and it looks pretty painful as well.
0: Yeah, and it does seem like a bit of a joke, doesn't it? That the uh, rocket ship that was given to him by Tony Stark are leader of science on earth seems to have automatically attracted itself to the most technologically advanced race in the universe it seems like actually maybe this was the destination that Stephen was supposed to be sent by tony stark it's like forget your magic why don't you go to a really technologically advanced race Stephen even comments (laughs) on the fact that some of the things they use feel pretty close to magic because they are very far advanced to where we are on earth Yeah, this could actually
1: have been a bit of a recce from Tony Stark. He knew about this planet. You know, he had aligned the Hubble Space Telescope or something like that towards this world. And he had figured out it could hold life. And he was like, you know, I'm just
0: going to plot a course to Grinder. But he knows that Stephen's too smart for that. So he plots a course and makes sure that it's going to be in the path of a comet to knock him out of the sky, you know? Tony, yeah, Tony he's a smart man. It will be interesting
1: <laughs> now. You can just imagine that Tony Stark would do something like that. Yeah, so like um, maybe it's not an accident that he falls to this planet in Tony's
0: spacecraft. <laughs> you never know. You never know. But like most things on the Mark Wade run, this is a brand new species for the comics. We haven't seen the species before, which kind of brings into play one of the things that we see later on and we'll discuss in one of our other uh, incantations. Yeah, there are a lot of
1: new things being introduced here in this mark waves run we had Zaxel from issue one the one of the elder gods uh, being introduced so that's kind of interesting and mm-hmm. you know you really hope that these things will be used again by other writers yeah, and, and in other um dr strange tales or other comic books you know with brother voodoo or iron fist or whoever you know <laughs> so it would be really really good to see you know these new um characters and a new law being generated
0: yeah well how use that in space you know maybe the guardians might use it in another book or maybe we'll have captain marvel using it in another book maybe it'll form part of the infinity wars that's coming up uh, in the later books maybe these characters will kind of spread out a bit into those other books that are based in space you
1: know, yeah absolutely
0: be- i mean certainly
1: stephen Strange. If Zaxel is going to be back, uh has to really get his magic mojo Certainly. back on, to be honest. Certainly. Um, but speaking of new stuff, mm-hmm. incantation number two, we have Stephen Strange with a potential new ally. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> now, we're not going to pronounce her name here uh, on the podcast because apparently it's more of a sneeze. Yes. So, it's sh- sh- sh-
0: <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Ziff and Kana is kind of how she says it, apparently. We've got the spelling in front of us. There's no way we're going to be able to pronounce it for other But because it ends with Canna, Stephen says to her, Okay, actually, I'm just going to call you Kanna just to make sure that I don't hurt myself every time I'm trying to say your name. A nice little gag from yeah, Stephen there. Yeah, definitely. But we have Kanna here, um, who is an archaeologist,
1: not an archaeologist, yes. like Stephen Strange thinks that she is. She's an alien character as well. Um, I don't know what race she is. It's not um, really revealed here, and mm-hmm. I, I'm not familiar with Kanna at all from... Uh, any other uh, comics, but she is a new character. She's brand well. new. Yeah, she's brand, brand new. new. So it is an introduction of a new character in the form of Kanek, yeah. and she is someone who is familiar with magic. Is to some extent, I I understood anyway that she is doing a similar thing to Stephen Strange, not necessarily to regain magical um, abilities, but she's looking for magical artifacts and objects in order to sell them
0: yeah I got that kind of uh, Lara Croft kind of vibe about it yeah definitely going around the universe raiding tombs to find these magical artifacts I love this character I really enjoyed the kind of interplay between her and, and Stephen I love that she recognizes the accent which is actually the voice of earth is basically what she's working it out as and starts calling him Earth Billy, like hillbilly yeah exactly <laughs> or at least that's what the universal translator is picking up uh, it seems to be kind of a, an insulting comment and um, we don't know what planet she's from as you mentioned she says that she's an impatient daughter of a tarik is a phrase that she says but to me that sounds almost like she's saying son of a bitch but in a different way so I don't know whether Tarek is the planet that she comes from, or is that her father's name or something like yeah, that? I, or is, is it just one of those phrases that she's saying that just doesn't translate on yeah, the Universal Translator?
1: Definitely. <laughs> like, I, I I took it as her father's name, but it, yeah, it could be the race here, Tarek. It could be that. Um, or it could be like some of a bitch. Though. Yes, exactly. Because <laughs> she, she she's a little skeptical of um, the Universal Translator. She sort of clocks it immediately that he's got one because she kind of understands that he would not understand her yeah i love the idea that she's going there's a familiar smell about you mm-hmm. um and then obviously with the earth billy as you say then you're kind of thinking okay maybe humans have a, a particular stench about them <laughs> um yet again laura croft thing really good i love how she she says to, to steven strange yeah i was caught by the grindons um I was breaking five laws that I didn't know about. But in Furnace I broke two laws that I did know about. Uh, So really, really good. That's right. Um, And as well, just so that we are clear here, an archaeologist is someone who searches out for arcane magical items. Yes. So she's definitely an explorer. She is probably um, a little bit of an Indiana Jones about her. There is a bit of archaeologist in this archaeologist.
0: <laughs> I have to say one of my other favorite lines from Mark Wade in this, uh, this issue is when she says, Stephen, you have to try harder with your Universal Translator. I can hear the quotation marks around archaeologists. <laughs> 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 really good, really good. Yeah, really, really I like good. these two. They're, they're yeah. working very really well together for me. Um, we'll talk about the artwork uh, a little bit later on in, in one of our later points, as usual, uh, as we go on. Um, John, do you want to take us on to the big moment, the big thrust of what happens in this issue as Dr. Strange tries to escape.
1: with incantation number three, we have that Dr. Strange has revealed to the Grindons the existence of Earth. And it's through the escape by him and Kanna fra- from the jail. Um, they're racing to get to her ship um, that has been docked uh, as she's been arrested. Um, but as they're trying to escape, they're kind of hunking, hunkering down, trying to hide from the guards that have been put on alert. Doctor Strange hears that because of the tests that they have done on him, they are now very, very intrigued, very, very interested in space travel. And in particular, their destination will be Earth. Yeah. So there, there is this image of this huge spacecraft being built in the city on Grindr. Um, and this is all because of... Doctor Strange having crash landed on their planet and then becoming interested in his home planet. And I, I think as well that up till then, we do get this hint that they aren't or haven't been in the past interested in exploring other planets or or going beyond their own atmosphere to, to explore.
0: Yeah, and I really like the reason why is because, well, They could do everything they they want to on their home planet. Why would they need to go out to see the stupider races? (laughs) Is kind of the attitude of it. But they realize with the prodding and poking that they've done to Stephen Strange, actually, the society on Earth is far more advanced than they thought it was going to be. So um, an interesting one here. We know that Stephen Strange, as the Sorcerer Supreme, protects Earth from threats from other dimensions. That's his main thrust of the character. That's the main thing that he does. And he's now created a problem possibly for the avengers who protect earth from extraterrestrial threats so quite interesting he was almost setting up the avengers to have a huge battle against an entire race coming down to attack planet earth because of the information that they learned from him
1: yeah it's almost a bit like star trek and the prime directive here in that (laughs) you know dr strange should never have shown himself revealed himself to this species Mm -hmm. and that unfortunately because of the crash landing he had no choice but that otherwise he would have had to have been tiptoeing around metaphorically and um, to find magical and mystical items on this planet if they even existed and mm-hmm. of course we find out that they actually do as yeah, well yeah. Um, but the the Grindons have hidden them. that, And this is where Kanna has been um, arrested and captured previously. These underground caves or vaults where they put anything that doesn't adhere to their particular ideology about technology mm-hmm. uh, and their... Prescribed sort of narrative about their race and their society. They've all been put out of the way. I mean, you know, this really is censorship in that sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what Kanna has actually found uh, before she was captured is, again, it's a new object. It's a new magical object here. It's um, called the Eye of Basphorus. Um, and it is an object of unlimited power. Um, and the this Eye of Basphorus can grant... Those that wield it, uh, one spell of their choice, regardless of its power. Mm -hmm. And the artifact can only be used once, and it will turn to dust afterwards. So, again really interesting we have this new magical object that's being introduced as well
0: i love this what a great macguffin as as they call them in the in our tv and movie coverage what a great macguffin for uh, for mark White, to create here the one object that can solve all of the world's problems it's the the object equivalent of the genie in the lamp you know, rub it once and say, I need a thousand more wishes kind of thing. You know, it will, it yeah. will do whatever it is you want. Stephen looks at it for the first time, looks upon the image that's drawn for him by Kanna and goes, all I need to do is say, let's get all my magic back. Sort out everything, everything we need to. And unfortunately, because of his own loose lips, um, he has to use it to close off Grinda from the the universe has to close off this planet so they don't attack the world.
1: Yeah, it's... um, Like, I actually thought this was a little harsh from Stephen Strange, actually, because I was kind of, like, going... Are they all going to suffocate in there? Because effectively, it's like putting a plastic bag around uh, a planet or something. No,
0: he's very specific about his spells.
1: Has it blocked out their light so that, you know, the plants die because they can't photosynthesize? And (laughs) and ultimately, the Grinden race will die because Stephen Strange has kind of put this magical lock around and and cover around this uh, planet. I mean, the image of it is, like, fab. I mm-hmm. loved it. I loved this kind of white cloud enveloping the Grinden homeworld um, with Doctor Strange in the middle of, of a whole incantation. Yeah. Um, the the other great thing about this is that he, he has tried to use it once, uh, and it's not worked. Mm-hmm. And that's because you have to combine the spell with adrenaline. Hilarious. And it's just so good <laughs> in the... Yeah, he effectively looks as though he's about to base jump um, mm-hmm. from high orbit with this stone. Uh, it looks like he's possibly trying to escape, trying to flee from from Canna mm. with this like fantastic object that he can solve all his problems with. Um, but instead he uses it to close down the planets so that the Grindons can't leave to go and either attack Earth or mm-hmm. to enslave Earth. Um, So this was really nice. As you say, it's a a nice Catch-22. He's got the answer to his problems in his hand, Mm -hmm. but ultimately he acts selflessly um, in order to stop the Grindons from attacking Earth. But yeah, it is quite a big
0: solution to the problem, isn't it? They, it really is. They threaten Earth once, and now they can never do any space travel again. And no one can ever visit the planet again, is what we hear. That he's closed off all routes in and out of the Grindon world. So quite a significant Choice here. Yeah. What's it? A sledgehammer to crack a walnut? That's the one. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, We do see at the end of this that himself and Canna, now that Stephen has had some experience of magic again, the adrenaline has been rising, and now they go off on their adventures for more magical and mystical artifacts. That's how their story ends. But as we've learned from many, many Doctor Strange books over the years, the biggest through line through all of them is magic has a price. So on to incantation number four. A mystical accountancy firm, John, that'd be accurate.
1: Yeah, it, like it's kind of interesting, really, isn't it? Because the, um, the accountant who is receiving the accounts receivable for, uh, <laughs> Doctor Strange just looks like a regular human, yet the hand that passes him the envelope is a devilish looking hand mm-hmm. indeed. I mean, it almost reminded me of, you know, some of those classic, um, Mephisto looks, where he's just a red demon or red devil. Uh, That came
0: straight into my head. It
1: certainly looked like that. And you're kind of wondering... Is this Mephisto getting back at him for uh, damnation? Mm -hmm. In that, the fairly extreme solution that Doctor Strange has gone to um, to cut off the Grinden world is a massive bill to be paid uh, in kind by him for the price of magic. Or that this new object of unlimited power, the Eye of Bosphorus, is so powerful because it can grant anyone any wish they want Mm -hmm. that it comes with a massive receipt
0: and can only be used once so it's now off the table that's it it's gone from the world and the universe fab i love this storyline i love this idea that that they hit upon with dr strange we talked about it numerous times off the podcast as well as on the podcast but this concept of yes he is a supreme magical powered person but Unlike somebody who can punch very strong or run very fast, his magic has a price. There's always a price to pay. This concept that's come in very regularly throughout the Doctor Strange books. And what a great way to do it. Have somebody who is totting up the books, looking at this photograph of Strange over the top of a planet as he closes (laughs) it off and going, oh no, this won't do. Is it because it's Stephen doing it? Is One of the questions that I have coming out of this, is it because it's Stephen Strange using this power and Stephen Strange is not supposed to be using these powers at all or is it the power that he's used is so powerful yeah exactly that he has a huge price to pay and um, that's my big question out of
1: and that is the question i also like the the fact that it is a bit buffy the vampire slayer uh, or should i say angel uh, with regards to the fact that it is this magical accountancy firm mm. that deals with the payments needed for the use of magic nice um you know we we've, we've got the bar the secret bar where all the mystical magical characters are, uh, go for, for a drink and yep. to, to meet up now we've got the magical mystical accountancy firm <laughs> and it did it really reminded me of angel like and was. i really liked uh that idea i do hope we get to see more
0: of this accountancy firm for sure absolutely let's quickly go on to our final incantation john and uh, we have to talk about the artwork for this book i think this this scene that we've talked about a few times here the eye of baspris locking the planet uh, on pages 17 to 19 on the digital version on comiXology uh, is absolutely epic it looks fantastic it goes across three full pages as Stephen jumps out of the spacecraft locks down the planet and then is seen standing above it it's it's fabulous absolutely it's beautiful. a
1: great bit of uh, artwork I, I love the sort of the runic incantation around mm-hmm. his whole body uh, as it then spills out towards the planet of grinda uh, as it sort of encapsulates it uh, it is as you say really epic in just the scope of it uh, and just so so nicely done So much so that, yes, they use it again with the photo coming out of the account's receivable envelope. Mm -hmm. Um, So really, really good. That must have been the Hubble telescope that took that one, right? It must have. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, Maybe they thought it was a star, but it was actually the flash going off of, uh, you know, the the accountancy investigators. (laughs) And again, the design of Canna, I think, is pretty cool, you know? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Predator kind of dreadlocks coming out from top of her head. Really,
0: really good. Good. that's only um, because we just watched Alien versus Predator isn't it it, it, it really <laughs> is yeah um it really ha- reminded me of some of the designs that are in the um excellent book saga the brandevon books yes um, that's true when we're going out into space we're seeing new seeing new creatures and new characters there're obviously going to be uh, some that we've seen before uh, in this case seeing this character kana she's got a really good presence about her. And it comes across in her look and in her style. She really has that dismissive, cocky arrogance of a Han Solo. That kind of uh, that adventurer side of her, like a Lara Croft kind of thing. You know, she doesn't seem to suffer fools. I love that conversation that they have up to the end of the issue. She hasn't even asked Stephen his name because... I was treating you like a sidekick you know uh, I love that kind yeah. of style this design and we said it before in Doctor Strange comic books one of the things that artists should get excited about when they get the opportunity to work on Doctor Strange is what you can create what Mark Wade has done in this case is given the opportunity to Jesus says to create the universe to create planets to create a whole race full of people to create this new sidekick I suppose or partner for dr strange that's cool that's great to have the opportunity where you're not just having to reference back a hundred books to pick up a character you've seen before you're actually getting to put your stamp on the universe of marvel that must be pretty cool
1: yeah that must be like fantastic mm-hmm. um and it is it's just some really good uh, artwork as well i even just like the the coloring that the tone of it, it is really nice because it is really colourful, but it's also muted at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, And I really, really enjoy that. It's vibrant. It, it's really colourful, but it's not over the top and in your face. Yeah. And I yeah. really, really am enjoying the artwork here. And I think, as you say, it, it, it's that partnership between the writer and the artist in comic books where um, it is this... Dual vision, yeah, um, exactly. You know, there's the writer who is writing the dialogue, writing the story, and the artist putting the um, the panes together to visualize that, which mm-hmm. is, is such a unique experience in literature. In that sense, yeah, you know, absolutely. obviously it's used widely in doing movies in terms of doing those panels to to construct and plan the shot of the the camera, but mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's really really good. Um, I Even mean, the
0: comics, it's quite rare. Like you know, this used to be the purview of indie comic books. You know, I mentioned Saga. I mentioned you know things like Why the Last Man, where you have a partnership side by side. The Walking Dead would be another example of having the same artist and the same writer on a book for decades. <laughs> in some cases, it's not something you see very often in the big. Yeah. The big uh, comic books in, in DC and Marvel. You see it in things like Batman with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. You've seen it in a, a number of cases before, but it's great when these comic books are written by people who are putting their own stamp on the world. And already two issues in. I really want to see more of Jesus Sayers' work. Uh, what he's done here has been fantastic, really enjoyable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, certainly for me, you know, Black Science is another example where you have Remenda and Scalera uh, really having a fantastic time together designing a whole new world mm-hmm. um based
0: on the story so really really cool like in seeing new stuff i like that you mentioned rick Remender. we may be coming back to him in future uh at some of our strange tales on defenders two podcasts as well i think that's it for incantations john uh gonna give it over to you as usual do you defend this issue of dr strange the sorcerer supreme of space number two Yes, I do defend this issue of Doctor Strange,
1: Sorcerer Supreme of the Galaxy. I give this four name sneezes out of five. I, I really enjoyed just the development, you know, really quickly into seeing Doctor Strange hook up with Kanna in the prison cell and just their pitter patter between one another. So, so good. I like the fact that she is absolutely has no reverence for Doctor Strange. Um, she, as you say, treating him like a sidekick. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that, and then again, the continuation of this really good artwork coupled with the story, and and for me, you know, seeing the accountancy firm and the accounts receivable uh, as Stephen Strange again forced into a position where he could use it for himself, but doesn't decides to act for the benefit of earth and humanity Mm -hmm. and of course to give the avengers and the defenders uh, a bit of a break (laughs) so um i really enjoyed this and i I can't wait to see um canna and dr strange head off uh, and see what other adventures they get into as they search for other magical artifacts I, i thought it was really really good and again i like the fact that you know his um escape comes from a dark place as well in that you know he's been a test subject and ultimately he realizes that the grindons uh, maybe aren't as insular as they appear uh, and that they've got some pretty bad stuff for um earth however what he did certainly seemed extreme and looks
0: like he's gonna get one huge bill at the end of the year <laughs> we'll see we'll see definitely uh, two things particularly that i loved about this uh, the idea of having him on the planet in captivity for 73 days getting um tortured during that time has brought him to a level we don't normally see Doctor Strange at. He's not the arrogant Doctor Strange, which means that moment when he meets Kana is different to the way he normally meets other characters in his world. He's a, he's a downtrodden character. He's wondering, is there a way out of this situation or has he lost a bit of hope? That's a really nice choice. The other thing I realized about this, it's quite standalone. Um, it starts off with him in a cell because of what happened in the previous issue, but by the end of the issue it is to infinity and beyond yeah where are we going to go next on our next adventure it's not really telling us exactly what's going to happen in the next one so it could be anywhere it could be any planet but i am really looking forward to seeing the adventures between these two characters fellow defenders that's it for our coverage of this issue of dr strange SSOTG number two
1: yes we will be back with dr strange issue number three which is the super scroll and the time stone Ooh. Ooh, spoilers mm-hmm. interesting what time stone might that be i wonder is there only one
0: <laughs> there can be only one john we can that. there be only one <laughs> yes as fellow defenders make sure you stay subscribed to the podcast over at defenderstvpodcast.com you can subscribe to it On any mystical or magical podcast catcher, like Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, Uh, you can see those over on our website. We also have a feed just for our Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast. Uh, You can find that over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts just by searching for Strange Tales. You should see it pop up there in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Looking forward to be back for the next episode.
1: Yes, as always, fellow Defenders and the Supremes, (laughs) it is a pleasure um, speaking with you and Yeah, I'm off to go and have a bath to get rid of that earthbilly smell um, just to clean up in time for when we come back to speak with you next time. Bye. Bye.